Hi folks, this is Roberta and Wet Salmon, Human Nervous System Podcast, uh, Christmas Eve, and I got a wild hair and wanted to have an episode because I'm also going to be um, trying to launch an online course, which is crazy, but we'll see how that goes. Um, Yeah, so today I'm just basically going to be... so I'm going to divide up my course into four, the four elements, earth, water, fire, air. Earth is the body and everything having to do with the body. Water, relationships and connection with others, including boundaries, communication and attachment stuff. Fire, the cre- expressive arts, creative stuff. I might put some things on that one, that page. And then the fourth is air, which is cognition type things. Um... And intellectual things, which um, more having to do with our ability to have, <laughs> to think. So that's what air stands for. I'm still figuring that one out. <laughs> um, but the first three are pretty standard things I discuss with my clients in a basically an informal treatment plan. So when someone comes in, the things I check on is how their body is doing, um, their sleep. I work with a lot of trauma clients, so I'll ask them, how is your sleep? How is your eating? Because many people with a history of trauma um, have food, some sort of stress eating or eating disorders or some sort of food issues. Um, and so sleep, eating, exercise, I ask about that. Not everyone, you know, has the energy to exercise. Um, chronic pain, what sort of things are going through with that, if they have any, many people with, um, you know, big trauma histories have some form of chronic pain, um, and emotional stress and how that, you know, how that is feeling in them because it's easier to feel physical pain. I've noticed than it is to acknowledge emotion, um, (laughs) and how they're feeling emotionally. Uh, and some clients are, they don't know because they're disassociated and some people don't even know that they're disassociated. And, um, these are probably topics I might even mention online. So I'm kind of vamping this and really figuring out as I go. So those are the basic things I talk to about people. Then the next one would be, you know, relationships and boundaries and what that looks like in their life. And, um, because many people with histories of trauma or have had relationship challenges, this is water, um, and because they had abusive relationships in their youth, and that tends to be a pattern that go- their attachment style tends to follow them in their life and who they draw in in their life or who finds them, um, and so they continue with abusive relationships somehow. Um, and some people change this too, but a lot of things like codependency or um, of, of, you, of being abusive to someone else, being abused, you know, just different, so many um, painful challenges people go through in relationships because they um, lack understanding of boundaries or uh, it feels familiar. So that's relationship stress and attachment style. And setting boundaries and learning to communicate needs and wants and knowing their own wants and needs because if you don't know your own then it's really hard to know how to be in relationship with someone in a healthy way with healthy boundaries so it really starts with the earth the body so knowing yourself 
and then branching out more to others water and then the next thing is um topic i'll discuss is more the first two are more about um seems like healing whereas fire and air are more about like the self-actualization part of people i don't know maybe those can also be the other two but earth and water earth being the body and then water being the relationships are the two pieces that i feel i work with people the most on um I would like to do more fire, which is the expressive arts, or our form of expressing ourselves in the world. It can be in the form of, um, and also the realm of the spirit, and stuff having to do with shamanism, and some of that more creative type things. Drama, writing, dance, art, maybe even sports, um, just various things, and tools that people use to create flow states in their life, and also to create creativity. Um, so I'm getting really excited about doing a lot of that kind of stuff right now. And the nice thing about learning skills and those different things is you learn how to manage your emotions and you learn how to externalize them sometimes. And there's a lot of cool, neat, interesting tools out there for that. Using art and ritual crafts and things. Um, so I might up be uploading things like that on that page about that stuff. And then air, air is mostly just like, um, I haven't figured that one out yet. I think air is going to be, it's the realm of the intellect, but it's probably more than that. Uh, maybe the outside world outside of us that's less affecting us on the emotional state. So it seems like it's further out. Air, maybe, um, yeah, I'll work on that, our business, our relationship to the internet, um, communication in a professional way or professional lives maybe so anyway that's just a rundown on my online course slash whatever it's gonna be so I'm trying to merge it with this podcast so anyway I'm just gonna do this episode right now um and talking about the subject of interoception and I am gonna reference this book I'm reading, Interoception, the Eighth Sensory System by Kelly Mahler. She's an occupational therapist. Um, Practical Solutions for Improving Self-Regulation, Self-Awareness, and Social Understanding. And I'm mostly just gonna read the basics of what she has in here describing interoception. She works with autistic children, and autistic children lack connection. Well, one of the things that makes them autistic is they get over definitely over um, stimulated emotionally and sometimes lose connection to their own interoception or the way they feel um so i'm not going to go into autism and what all that means but i am going to go into interoception and she does a great job of explaining it uh page 15 interceptive awareness refers to the ability to feel inside of our body with a high degree of clarity and purpose good inter interoceptive awareness involves clearly sensing the signals coming from our internal organs, skin, and tissues and understanding what these signals mean. So, let's see. Um, it describes see, body states and sensory feelings, like sensory feelings like hearing, um, taste, like literal sensory things from our body. And then emotional states also um, affect our interoceptive awareness. So, 
And the ability to self-regulate our emotions and self-regulate our behavior comes from being in touch with how we feel. If you don't know how you feel, then it's really hard to know how to have some sort of control, like who's driving the bus, right? So a lot of mindfulness practices build on this. Um, mindfulness basically increases your interceptive awareness. So I'm not a mindfulness teacher, but I do try to practice meditation and things to make me more mindful throughout the day. Um, okay. So that's interceptive awareness. So I'm just going to kind of lay here on my floor and settle in to how I'm feeling right now. Sore from skiing. My thighs are sore from tele-skiing at Mount Hood Meadows. And I'm really sore in my low back. Um... My, I'm feeling the buzz from the caffeine I had earlier. And take a few breaths. I'm starting to notice the snow, the things in my vision are widening. Notice the snow on the window and the roof. And as my breath lengthens, I begin to tune in to how I'm feeling in my body. And shut my thoughts down. Or just watch them go by. I can feel my back on the floor settling in. Sinking lower and lower. Lower and lower. Down deep in myself. deeper with each number. Four. Three. Two. One.
can feel my heart beating. Chimes. When did I have my first memory? My first feeling state. deeper into my legs. Because my first memory wasn't cognitive, but visceral. And this is what they say about the human experience. It all starts in the viscera. The sensitive parts and the lining the inside of our body cavity. When we're hungry and thirsty. We let out a cry as babies. Somebody was there and answered those sometimes. But not all the time. But sometimes. Our vision wasn't so good as babies. Blurry. But I could see patterns. Feel my back on the floor. Supported with each breath. What is going on inside my viscera? Is it hungry? Is it thirsty? What was my first experience?
Stretching out my legs. <laughs> my attention goes to my hips and my thighs and my knees. Relaxing deeper into the ground, my feet. Back up to my middle back. To my shoulders. Imagining a wave of softness enveloping me, going through me, with each breath in and out like the tide. Washing through my guts. Loosening. Any adhesions. Getting ready to poop it out. Whatever didn't happen back then, I now can give to myself now. If I couldn't tend to the needs of my entire reception as a baby, I am learning to do that now as I reparent myself in this adult body. If you had people who didn't support you in that process, you now can learn on your own and with others around you who you have good boundaries with. A sense of safety and resilience a sense of courage and curiosity of the world. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you sleepy? And are you safe? Can you trust that feeling inside? Can you trust your interoception?
So these are good questions to maybe ask yourself or some journal prompts. Some of that mini meditation could have been um, helpful for investigative purposes. Just kind of figuring out what's going on inside because so often um, we just ignore those things and uh, what's going on in there so okay uh, that's it for now thank you very much bye